0: Blog Talk Radio.
1: Welcome to Lickin' on Lending, a weekly mortgage market update providing up-to-the-minute information on interest rates, loan programs, and hot industry news relating to the mortgage industry. Brought to you by Mortgage Banking Solutions, enabling executives to take their business to the next level. To participate in today's program, our guest call-in line is 646-716-4972. And now, here is your host of Lickin' on Lending, David Lickin'.
2: Good to have you with us, everybody, it's Monday, the November 9th, and it is 2015 for those of you that are listening on a downloaded basis, and we thank you so much for being a part of this broadcast. By the way, a special thank you and uh, congratulations or gratitude, words of gratitude, trying to find the right words here for all the veterans on the line. Uh, Wednesday is uh, the 11th, and it's Veterans Day, so I want to say a special thank you to all our veterans that are on the line and who are serving in our industry and having served our country. Uh, a piece of trivia here. Do you know uh, the best way to remember and the old saying of how they remember? In fact, we'll, we'll play trivia question to the prophet doctor here right now, Andy, so you can unmute and come back in. So how do we remember the end of World War II? you remember, Andy, the saying? Because you, you seem to have all this down in your brain. I don't know how your brain contains it. Well, you know what it you're is?
3: You're catching me. Uh, well, I remember Pearl Harbor Day, VE Day, VE right V-J yes. Day, so well, I don't remember V-E Day.
4: Okay,
2: so here's the saying.
3: I, I thought for sure, you know,
2: I didn't mean to put you on the spot there, but you remember you have the trivia of trivia and running in your brain. The it, it the World War, is it, I was talking to Les Parker, he said, did you know that World War II, the best way to remember it, is it ended on the 11th day of the 11th month in the 11th hour. So there you go.
3: Oh, yes, yes, there. yes. And a lot of are saying now that that we're in the 12th hour of the end of the world because – of the love and love That's right. Yes. Yeah, sir. yeah,
2: yeah. Yes, 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 yes. So it's, it's just kind of interesting how, how everyone gets there. Anyway, a little trivia there. Good Thank job. you to all the veterans on the, on the broadcast listening in either live or download. Appreciate you being here. All of you, as they say here in Texas, as we say here in Texas, we appreciate all y'all being here and with us this fine day. So. Um, anyway, a good amount of information going on. Whoops, I just realized I hit a mic button here and muted myself out. Uh, quick update. We want to, first of all, start talking about what's on the Hot topic segment. We've got Austin Tillman and David Stevens here with us, both of United Capital Markets, live from the Denver area. They are the foremost experts on MSRs, mortgage servicing rights, and we're going to be talking about where our mortgage and servicing rights at right now. Based on the activity that happened on Friday with the job growth numbers, it would be reasonable to assume that MSRs are looking much more attractive. But we're going to get their full update on everything that's going on. Also, this podcast broadcast is created by mortgage professionals for mortgage professionals, and we're the proud recipient of the Progress in Lending Innovation Award. I want to say a special thank you to our sponsors, United Guarantee, who has been our sponsor for a number of years, and and we're grateful for them to be here. Has the Performance Premium Program, that's the mortgage insurance only MI pricing program. I think someone else just introduced this. It's a slight variation on it, but it's a truly risk-based a system of pricing, and it surpasses the simple tiered-based systems and broadening the options for lenders. Performance Premium has the power to give you a wider credit box, allows you to finance non-traditional properties such as second homes, as well as a chance to reward the stronger borrowers with better program, bigger rates. Also, the opportunity to close more loans through faster underwriting on the full file submission and ability to do an additional and different type of loans to help borrowers turn their houses or turn houses into homes. You can check it all out by going to their website, www.ugcorp.com. It's good to have you all with us, and I appreciate United Guarantee. Also, a special thank you to Velma. Velma is the stands for the Virtual Electronic Marketing Assistant. They do a great job of getting the word out on our broadcast. If you are looking for a really good, set it and forget it, auto campaign or a custom campaign, get a hold of Velma. Go to velma.com. Brent Ambler, he's a great job. He does a great job in all of this. Also, I want to say thank you to our newest sponsor, Motivity Solutions, the mortgage solutions, the mortgage industry's leading business intelligence technology, uh, and it provides a real-time reporting as well as dashboards and credit scores. We're working with them to start coming up with the KPI of the week. That will start be coming out here very shortly. We're working on getting all all of that put together. So there's some great stuff. But check them out on their website www or no actually you don't have to do that. Forget that. MotivitySolutions.com. dot com m o t i v i t y solutions dot com or call them at three zero three seven two one nine thousand Special thank you always goes out to Alice, Joe, and Andy, and all the rest of everyone who, it's Sam Garcia and uh, Paul Mala, when he can make it, uh, be a part of this broadcast. It is all of you all. Uh, I just want to say thank you to all you guys for making this thing what it is today. So anyway, let's talk about what's going on in the NBA. Uh, We have the Texas Mortgage Bankers Association Annual Warehouse Conclave. I have the honor of being the host of that, or the moderator of that. Excuse me, not the host, the moderator. TMB is TMBI is actually hosting it. And it's going to be in Dallas November 17th, uh, a week from tomorrow. And it's going to be at the Western Galleria. All the warehouse lenders in the country are gathered together, and it's really their opportunity to talk about the issues that are facing them. We're going to be talking about e-notes and then also general risk. So it's a great. we got some, some of the top uh, professionals on those topics flying in. Fannie May will be there doing a presentation doing a presentation on e notes. The risks are related to that. So it's very fascinating topics as well as just the general risks. So if you could make it, I encourage you to do so. Check out and uh, the go check it out at their website. Go to texasmba.org dot org forward slash warehouse. Also, November eighteenth, the Profit Doctor is going to be presenting at the MBA's accounting and financial management conference at the Roosevelt in New Orleans and at uh it's a great hotel. Great venue, and if you want to kind of figure out what's going on in accounting, definitely check that conference out, and don't miss the Profit Doctors session. Also, December 2nd through the 4th, we have the independent, mortgage Banking Asso- bankers Association, the independent Mortgage Bankers Conference put on by the Mortgage Bankers Association of America at the Omni Hotel in Nashville. Great conference, great opportunity to pick up and network what's going on with all of our independent mortgage bankers, and that is a growing segment of the population, thankfully. Also, uh, it's January 21st, the MBA's first mergers and acquisition workshop coming up in Phoenix, Arizona. It's great stuff. Check out all the conferences at org conferences and education, and uh, you'll find out all the information there. want well, to get over to Joe Farr. Joe, good to have you with us. As you do always, bring us an update of what's going on in the markets. Hey, David. Wow. that The job yeah. report on Friday was something else. But let's start with what's going that on. That really today. was. us give it a little
5: well, it, it, it we're continuing that move lower. Uh we're down 830 seconds on the day. No no new data came out. We just had an average treasure auction, but all this uh had occurred before then. Um, you know, stocks are down as well. The Dow's down over 200 points right now. So, just a continual uh continuation of of last week's and and quite frankly since uh going back to the Fed statement being read in the middle of uh last month. Uh, we've been on a pretty significant trend lower.
2: Well, it's going to have uh, some have an impact on servicing values. and We're going to be talking about that later, but it also yeah, could have an impact f- on uh, impact. mortgage originations. Yeah, positive impact on the value side of it. Yeah but it's really interesting to start taking a look at applications and what that's going to be doing to the apps. So let's, right. let's cover what happened last week. A lot
6: a lot. Happened. Well, it was
2: all What's about the on? Fed
5: and the and the strength of the economy. You know, all week long we heard Fed speakers uh, uh, say that a hike was possible in December, and they, you know, couched that with uh, based on the strength of the income data. And uh, the data that came in was pretty good, uh, primarily as it relates to the jobs report on Friday. You know, uh, very healthy job creation, uh, improving unemployment. That was uh, everything about it was a, a surprise to the upside as far as the economy goes. Maybe one of the more important things was that wages grew by an unexpected amount—four uh, tenths for the month, rising to two and a half percent for the year—and that's up from what had been a pretty consistent two-one-two uh, annual rate over the last few months. So that that. Uh, you know that's a a big indication to fed that maybe you know inflation wage inflation anyway and that's usually the the mover of overall inflation is uh right. in, in a direction that will help them to justify an increase in the fed funds rate hike uh the odds have grown uh to 70 75% of a of a hike in december uh before that fed statement that was read in the middle of uh uh october it was in the Twenty-five, thirty-five 35% range it grew to 50% after that statement and now it's all the way up to 70 75%. So um you know the market has built that in. And then last week we also had uh the manu- uh, ISM index both uh, the manufacturing and the services sector and it was pretty interesting to see the the difference the the manufacturing index yeah. uh grew at uh well came in at 50 point Uh, 50 is the breaking line between expansion and contraction. So it just barely eked out a little bit of a contraction, while the services index came in at 59.1, which was a pretty significant beat to the upside. And, uh, you know, what that's indicating is that the manufacturing index is having difficulty due to weakness overseas and the strength of the dollar, whereas the services index is primarily associated with activity in the United States and, and is not so much Impacted by that, so you know when when the when the measures of economic activity in the U.S. we are seeing a little better uh, measures as we saw in the services uh, release.
2: Yeah, that nice. And then this right? week we
5: have a yeah we have a pretty light schedule this week in, in, until Friday. Retail sales comes out on Friday, and and the consensus is calling for a pretty big improvement from September in October retail sales, and and uh, as was true with the jobs report. This is going to be important data that the market's going to look to to see uh, is it data that's going to support a rate hike or is it data that's going to cause uh, them to consider not doing a rate hike. So everything coming out between now and the the, uh, December meeting is going to have a little higher importance to it. Also on on Friday, the PPI comes out. Uh, JOLTS report comes out on Thursday along with jobless claims. Uh, We do have 10-year auction tomorrow and 30-year auction on Thursday. And as uh, you mentioned, uh, Veterans Day is reason to not have to work. So uh, the, the bond market is going to be closed on uh, on Wednesday, and uh, 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 so there's nothing on the economic calendar for that day.
2: That will be a slow day, but lots of uh, the, the JOLTS report that should be really fascinating, uh, just to see if it supports the data. It has not always been consistent with the non-farm payroll report, the job right. growth number. So it, we'll see how the, those inconsistencies, how those show up, be fascinating. It will. Mm-hmm. Lots of lots of good stuff. Appreciate it, Joe. Like I, I'm parking you on bet. your website all the time, and I'm encouraging anyone who is watching the markets or in this market carrying any risk or managing risk for your company or for a borrower, whether not the lock or float, you gotta have this service. So check it out. We'll be right back after this brief break.
1: Looking for that competitive edge? MBSQuoteline.com. MBSQuoteline.com. 646-716-4972. The Lickin on Lending Show is back. Here is your host, David Lickin.
2: Good to be with you, everybody. We normally would have Paul Mollo dialing in at this moment, but Paul has uh, got some commitments over the next couple of weeks, so he will not be able to join us. The uh, activity, uh, if you take a look at his website, though, check it out at www.imfnews.com. Download it. Subscribe to it. Uh, there's some good activity. Slow down in the Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac securitizations. I'm sure we're going to hear some more about that from Sam Garcia here in a little bit. Also, we look at the PHH Merrill. Uh, there's a, it's just a. It's a really some interesting articles regarding the uh, – um, the lender may choose to be exiting the FHA business. And then also, you look at what's going on with the tech vendor <clears throat> performance on TRID. There's just a lot. It's a great article. How are the vendors doing out there? There are some struggling. Some some that are kind of surprising. But you can pick it up in that article. Tom Wrestler has that article. And also, Redwood preparing to issue a unique jumbo MBS, and uh, that's got some people eyeing that, paying attention to what you know, how much of the market can except some uniqueness out there. Um, so it'll be very interesting, a bit of a teller. Also, mortgage break- brokers seem to be shedding jobs, is what he is saying, and lenders are still hiring. So is that a market shift? Where that Paul wrote that article. Um, it's just really interesting to see what's going on as it relates to, you know, where are the jobs going? I was talking to Brad Hollingsworth um, who's a, one of the top nations recruiter earlier today, um, you know, about one of my clients who's looking to hire someone. In, and uh, Brad was saying that he says he's never seen it this hot. The hot job market is hot. In fact, we're scheduling Brad to have him on the broadcast to talk about that in a uh, Hot Topics segment coming up here. So lots of good information, what's going on. Check it out at imfnews.com. Paul, we wish you the best and look forward to having you back here in a couple weeks. Alice Alvey, so much to cover in your area. Um I want to start off Alice in your segment to call attention to a Mortgage Action Alliance a call to action that's out there right now. I don't know if you're in that notes, but for those that are not signed up for the Mortgage Action Alliance, it's something I really want to push. It's free. You do not have to be do not have to be a member of the MBA. It's so easy. You click on take this, do this, and it's click click filling in your name here and there and you're having an impact. And so they've made it just almost brain dead easy. Uh, even for the procrastinators to do something to have an impact on the industry. So, Alice, over to you. What are you tracking?
4: Well, hi, Dave. I'm glad to be here. And, uh, yes, I'm tracking a few things for everybody. Um, And I also want to make sure we have plenty of time for our guests today since I know it's a very complex discussion, and we want to make sure that we have plenty of time to make sure people can understand it. But I think it's one that's just got some huge news everybody's going to want to be able to, want to um, make sure they listen to. Um, so I think the, the Mortgage Action Alliance is related to the um, the GC amendment, and so right now, as Dave said, you want to make sure that you get on that to be able to make sure that um, we're able to uh, keep that off. So this is uh, – let me just kind of make sure uh, I get the right one here because there were a couple of them floating around. Um, but the main one was the uh, get the GC out of the uh, roads bill. So that was a great move. Um, that's the main one. We want to make sure everybody realized how effective that that can be. the so The main things I wanted to make sure that we had a chance to talk on today were a couple things coming up with FHA. So, as you know, uh, there was a proposed rule and a proposed new format for the FHA application, and that comment period has come and gone. And from that, FHA was saying that they'd hope to be able to roll out the new version of the HUD application this month. So on top of any, everything else, don't lose sight of that possibility. It Could be this month, could be next month. You know, with FHA, anytime they say something's going to happen soon, you usually go, "Well, that means six months, right?" So. <laughs> that's government soon,
2: yeah, government soon, relative.
4: <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Keep in mind that's where <laughs> anyway, we
2: originated was- the idea. We originated the idea of hurry up and wait. So that's where that all came. from.
4: Yeah, <laughs> right. So the, um, the second proposed rule with the comment period that just ended on November 2nd, and then MBA issued their letter, letter uh, to clarify some of this, you know, is the lender-level certification changes. So we have certification changes at the loan level that are going to occur in the new HUD application form that are really critical about misrepresentation and certifications about that additional about the information in that loan. Then we've got this lender-level certification that's going to happen every time you renew and at the time of your initial approval with FHA. And there's a bit of a conflict there or the need to understand the, what is material. Uh, because right now some of the phrasing is alluding to the fact that we would be obligated to report every single error, misrepresentation, or fraud. And, you know, if you think about it, I've got to report every single error. or it, 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 That's a challenge, right? So obviously the qualifier is that may cause the loan to be uninsured or not meet HUD guidelines. Um, So we want to be able to try and tighten that up and make sure HUD recognizes and agrees that the the reporting requirement is only for something that's material um, and not that every single little thing um, is going to have to be reported. So this is something that we're watching still. Um, So this proposed rule the comment period um, is now closed and we're going to watch it closely, let's give our voices out to MBA that they need to get some feedback to us sooner rather than later. We've had a few proposed rules where their positioning is coming out, like on the expiration date, and I, for one, would like to leverage theirs. I think that's easier, kind of the click to respond in the proposed rule format. So um, it came out at the very end there. and So take a time to read it, but you don't have time to actually follow up on it at this time. Um, I'm interested to make sure that we uh, follow up on the and listen to what um, the folks have to say on the MSRs. So, Dave, that's my quick update. I want to just leave with folks today, and I'm going to pass it back to you so that we can get focused on the on the MSR details.
2: Good, good. Really interested in that discussion. It's going to be excellent. Thank you so much, Alice. Appreciate you staying on top of it. Folks, if you're looking for manuals, if you're looking for training, if you're looking for sorting out TRID, if your vendor is in trouble with TRID, who do you call? Not Ghostbusters. Al Salve, if you want to learn more, stay tuned. We'll be right back after this
6: brief break.
1: If you have questions about mortgage regulations, Indicom Mortgage U has free answers. If you need ideas about how to reinvent your organization... Indicom Mortgage U will share great ideas. When you need help at any step of the loan process, give us a call or send an email. The Indicom team of experts have been helping mortgage players from origination through servicing for over 30 years. Your success is our focus. Whether it's a quick question or long-term support portfolio, conventional or government lending, it's a competitive market. So let Indicom Mortgage U give you the edge.
2: Someone just texted me and said, Did you did you stay up late again last night? Yes, I was. Getting it's it's this radio program takes a lot, so someone's commenting about that because of my humor at times. It's just like, oh boy. Anyway, Sam Garcia, good to have you with us as always. And uh oh. let's take a look at some of the stories that you're seeing. Jumbo Surge, I see you see some of that stuff. I'm looking at your headlines, good stuff. What you got?
0: Yeah, uh we did our mortgage market index last Friday as we do every every week and um that was down basically new new mortgage activity was down 9% last week um and what happened was uh jumbo led the decline a week after jumbo activity doubled uh it was down 13% last week so kind of a seesaw there we get we we based that information uh using open close data based on their clients uh rate locks so uh a good indication of upcoming mortgage production. You, you all were talking about the uh, jobs report last week, and of course, we focus uh, primarily on the mortgage portion of that report. Um, the Bureau of Labor Statistics released the uh, mortgage industry job data for September last Friday, and using that data that they provide, uh, as well as market share data, we are estimating that the total mortgage industry uh, employment number was just over 590,000 people uh and that's up from au- august when it was uh, just over 587,000 people um september's total estimate that we have included 200 and almost 230,000 mortgage jobs at banks uh nearly 61,000 mortgage jobs at credit unions and then uh two or almost 300,000 jobs at non-banks so that's where we stand mm, in the mortgage balanced. industry still yeah, yeah go ahead
2: no, I was gonna say uh, pretty, it's very it, it's interesting to see how the banks have uh what's going on there and the growth of the independent mortgage bankers, it's just really encouraging.
0: Yeah, it definitely. Uh especially since we saw that period where, you know, brokers went from the dominant origination source to uh you know, much more sub much much less volume that they are much less market share than they used to have. Um right. the Mortgage Bankers Association reported last week that its mortgage credit availability index was up yeah, one point five percent in october yeah. um and the increase in that index suggests that credit conditions in home lending ease somewhat so that's been going on for a few months now um they uh noted in that report that uh new conforming programs many that are affordable housing programs were behind uh, the improvement for the latest month um the the federal reserve board uh, released its senior loan officer opinion survey. That's always got some interesting details. Um, one of the things we picked up from it was that the report indicated that demand for non-QM, non-jumbo mortgages was down at 20% of large banks. So, um, be interesting to see if that 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 changes uh, as refinances diminish, uh, assuming they eventually do. You know? Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, We have some data we get from EMBS, and that gives us basically fixed rate uh, issuance at Fannie, Freddie, and Jenny. So agency issuance of fixed rate mortgage-backed securities was down 5% in October, um, and Fannie led that decline. It was down 9%. But when we look at overall uh, activity, you know, fixed rate and and everything else, uh, Jenny May reported that from January through October this year, it's uh mbs issuance totaled 385 billion dollars and what's significant there is that's pretty uh, it's quite a bit more than the 313 billion for all of last year um and another thing is that if we kind of just annualize the numbers with just a couple months left in the calendar year, that puts 2015 on track to shatter the uh, $454 billion record that was reached in Ginny May issuance in 2009. So, you know, obviously that's a a factor of uh, Ginny doing a lot more business because there's been a lot more government uh, lending going on more recently as we've seen. Right. Um, yep. Federal Home Loan Bank members can now sell Jenny May loans servicing released uh, to the Mortgage Partnership Finance Program. Um, so that's kind of true, because now uh, what's going to happen on those loans is NationStar Mortgage will handle the servicing and allows them to participate in those loan, uh, those types of uh, government loans. MPAC, uh they basically announced their, you know, their quarterly earnings, and uh, one of the things we noticed was that they said their servicing portfolio jumped past $6 billion in the third quarter from uh, just four billion billion three three months earlier. It's a big jump in a servicing portfolio. Uh, the downside is in October, you know, after their third quarter closed, they sold servicing on $3.5 billion in loans. So they're going through some seesawing on their servicing portfolio size. Over at uh, Movement Mortgage, um, as part of the Mortgage Daily Origination Survey that we conduct, they reported that their third quarter originations jumped 46% from the second quarter. 46%? Wow. To past uh, $3 billion. Um, You know, and most of the companies that we're tracking. They're reporting a decline in quarter over quarter uh, activity, so that's that's pretty interesting that they were able to push up so significantly while everyone else is just struggling to uh, even try to keep up. Um, the movement mortgage, for the people that don't know, is a company that was actually founded by uh, Casey Crawford. He's a former NFL player.
2: <laughs> we know, and we know Casey well. He uh, we helped him get that business started. Andy and I worked closely with him through the. Uh, the growth of the earliest days of that, and stayed in touch with them, and I, they're they're very close friends of ours. So it's good to see their growth continuing to. Well, you as apparently as did a good is. job. <laughs>
0: yeah. But uh, <laughs> uh, one other thing we, we got we, here we, is that. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, you go, go ahead. ahead. Now, let's move on. Take a look. Uh, the the last thing we got here is uh, the. Uh, the Office of the Comptroller of the Currency issued a bulletin last week directed at bank CEOs and their chief compliance officers, uh, indicating that their examiners uh, will evaluate a bank's compliance management system and overall efforts to come into compliance with TRID. They're kind of just basically offering, you know, like uh, kind of kind of along the lines of what the CFPB had recently said. Uh, they're going to look at more than just the actual uh, compliance and uh so, yeah, you know, that was just uh, interesting that the OCC put out that bulletin uh, in line with uh, what we saw already. But Sam, those are you. the he-
2: headlines Good. for the last week or so. Good stuff. Excellent, folks. If you have not subscribed to Sam's uh, uh, website and his blog and his information, do so. Go to mortgagedaily.com or call Sam at 214 521 Thirteen hundred. You can email him at samgarcia dot at com. Sam, thank you so much for coming here. Great, good stuff. Really appreciate it.
6: Always thank you, David. Appreciate information. it. Information. I always love
2: to have you on here, friend. Profit Doctor. It's always interesting to see what's going on when you, you know is. one of the things that you're you're big on and do a lot of is the uh, you know vendor management and you look at the the all the things going on there and then you trid and you must be one of the busiest guys on the planet right now.
3: We are very, very busy. There's lots happening with all these regulatory developments, and, and this isn't new. TPM, third party management is not new. It's been around. The CFPB released the bulletin almost three years ago, and people right. still aren't really doing it. I did need to clarify one quick point, though, Dave. Just so we're all on the <laughs> same page as we re- reflect on history. Yeah. Into the thing I want to talk about the 11 11 11 you're talking about that's the end of World yeah. War One. It's not BE. B-E. World War One.
2: I. I I did say World War Two and I meant to say World War One and I I should have written in my notes because it's yes. right. That's correct. Right, correct. That's right. It's World War One.
3: Yeah. Which it's, it's is where I believe B-E. Veterans
2: Day started. Did it not? Is it was not a result of that?
3: Well, see now you're making me ask. You're asking me another question. I don't know the answer.
2: To well, you. no. I'm sorry to do. <laughs> I think that, that I don't, I don't know that is why why we have it on the 11th anyway. So yeah, it started after World War I. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I misspoke there. Thank you for correcting that.
3: Yes. Well, we have a ho- veteran, we have a federal holiday in every month on a Monday just about now that we have Martin Luther King in um in the works now. So we we could always have another one. I'm sure we can come up with something else to have a federal holiday. <laughs> yes. So hey Dave, real quick, I just have three quick points to make cuz we all want to get To listen to uh, Austin and Dave about servicing MSRs so you mentioned about the conference thank you for saying that the accounting and financial management conference is coming up next week in New Orleans Uh, we're speaking Wednesday afternoon I believe it is and so it's a very content rich no we're speaking Thursday afternoon it's a very content rich presentation there's lots of really good information a whole slew of presenters, including Dave Stevens, who we're going to be speaking with in just a second, and probably even the other Dave Stevens, who doesn't spell his last name right, from the MBA, who will be there too. So great conference, support. Uh, join the MBA, support the MBA, come listen to really important topics. This is not the, the networking conference. This is the conference where you actually attend the sessions, pay attention, take notes, and learn something. Now, as it relates to accounting stuff as a whole, uh, there's there's a uh, kind of uh, an interesting development in one of the accounting areas about interest rate lock commitments and how that information flows through the financials of a mortgage company and ultimately creates what's called a derivative asset on the balance sheet of a mortgage company. And when you calculate this interest rate lock commitment, unrealized gain that goes onto your balance sheet, you adjust it for pull-through. And a lot of people have started adjusting it for cost-to-complete, It's sort of a nuance. It's kind of like FASB 91 application of deferred fees, but it's a really important point because we want to minimize this impact of interest rate lock commitment, unrealized gain, because it distorts the financials. So what I was hoping the listeners could do for me is, if you're using cost to complete in your calculations – of your unrealized gain of your interest rate lock commitment, please send me an email. I want to talk to you about this. And even more, let's get together at the AFN at the County of Financial Management Conference in New Orleans next week. Let's get together. If uh, even if you don't want to talk about cost to complete, uh, send me a note, let's connect. I've got a couple of open times in the evenings other than the conference presentation directly. And we're going to be speaking on how to make financial information understandable to your board of directors or the CEO. And as we are yeah, about valuable. to talk about MSRs with Dave Stevens and Austin Tillman, you need to have a roadmap to how to convert some of this stuff into English. And Dave and Austin actually do it very, very well when they speak to Thank bank you. boards of directors and explain to them all of these intricate details and nuances. But all at the end of the day, boy, you can make a lot of money in servicing. So yep, that's really it, can. please send me point. an email. Andy at mbs-team dot com.
2: Yep, M B Andy Andy at mbs-team dot com. Good Andy, appreciate you so much, folks. We're going to be right back with Austin Tillman and David Stevens right after this break.
1: Mortgage Banking Solutions is the preeminent management consulting firm to the residential mortgage lending industry. No other firm in the U.S. offers the menu of services or the level of expertise to the industry. If you're looking for help converting from best efforts to hedging or need help with bookkeeping to know your profit per loan, if you are interested in making the transition from broker to banker, or if you just need a roadmap for success, Mortgage Banking Solutions' primary focus is to enable executives to take their business to the next level and guide them down a path towards success and profitability with over 300 combined years of experience in all facets of mortgage lending. The Mortgage Banking Solutions team of professionals has the expertise and know-how to help you accomplish your goals. New warehouse lines of credit, broker-to-banker transitions, transitioning to hedging, financial and accounting services, or meeting your capitalization needs. If you need help with these or any other aspects of your business, please contact a Mortgage Banking Solutions sales team to see how we can help you at 512-977-9900. It's 512-977-9900. Mortgage Banking Solutions, enabling executives to take their business to the next level.
2: Boy, based on the number of people that are dialed in, this must be a really hot topic. MSRs, a lot of people dialed in to listen to this hot topic segment, and we want to welcome back to the program. who've been. These two gentlemen have been here as guests. They're kind of our go-to guys when it comes to MSRs, with their direction, and I always enjoy having them uh, for their knowledge, but also just great, a couple of great guys that are just professionals in our industry i want to invite i want to welcome austin tillman who is the ceo of united capital markets as well as david stevens who is also the coo chief operating officer and chief financial officer for united capital markets they're located in denver colorado gentlemen good to have you here and we want to make sure we uh first of all welcome to the broadcast want to make sure you guys can hear me and your mic's are live mic's are
7: live and it's good to be back david um you know, we were first on your show back in February of 2012. Our topic then was really talking about the substantial benefits of, of producers retaining servicing rights. And since, since 2012, we've seen a huge move uh, from bank-owned servicing to more servicing held by private producers. Uh, that includes also hedge funds and non-traditional owners like REITs. Uh, this is uh, a trend that continues it
2: it's true before we forget i want to do that at the beginning of the broadcast and at the end of the the segment and is what is your website so people can get a hold of you i want to make sure we get that on about twice here
7: uh, it's ucm-inc.com
2: let me let's talk about the shift in the ownership um is this a complete is this this shift that's taking place com- complete
7: you know, we really don't think so. It's, we're more than halfway through the shift, but there's still probably lots more to come.
2: When you look at it you know, from that standpoint, um, I'd love to know why that is. Why is that we're just partly way through this?
6: Uh, we think the final shoe will have dropped uh, only after Basel III is fully implemented. Uh, the first reporting date of the full implementation is uh, March of uh, 2019, so uh, we've still got some time to go. Uh, what happens at that point, uh, the limits on MSR are counting toward Tier 1 capital, and implementation of the punitive risk-weighting on all bank-owned MSR investments will go into effect. David, you just said
5: punitive. What do you mean by that?
6: It's crazy. Uh, MSRs receive a 250% risk weighting in calculating the required capital. Well, uh,
5: how do you do that?
6: <laughs> it's hard to explain on radio. <laughs> it's hard <laughs> hard to explain with a blackboard. But uh, uh, bank assets are giving variable risk weights. So cash and U.S. treasuries receive a 0% risk weight. Most other assets like uh, commercial loans and MBS receive a 100% risk weight, while MSRs receive a 250% risk weight.
5: Well, uh, I've been hearing uh, this about a 10% on MSRs as a percentage for capital.
6: Oh. You know, we we thought for years that bankers would be up in arms about this uh, risk weighting, uh, particularly community banks. But uh, the audience has been, or the silence has been deafening. How do you? Why do you think that's happened?
7: You know, Joe, we can only guess. Um, you know, the speculation is that the mega banks, um, you know, they must have gotten some other kind of trade-offs in the negotiations with the Basel Committee. Uh, but we can't find anybody to, to admit that for community banks and regional banks they weren't included in the negotiations and, and perhaps and we're really only guessing here uh no one made it clear to them how these calculations would actually work
4: so is anyone in congress trying to fight this
7: uh hi alice uh yeah Hello. actually we have a hi um we have a a congressman ed permiller um who sponsored hr 1408 uh, which required the regulators to relook at the MSR restrictions uh proposed by Basel III. Uh that bill was passed but unfortunately a similar bill in the in the Senate's been tabled. Um such that the congressional action is, is now probably unlikely prior to the election next November.
4: Is the Mortgage Bankers Association doing anything? Uh
6: like your listeners, uh the MBA has uh constituents on both sides of this issue. Community banks may like to see the, these punitive capital limits removed or at least rationalized, while non-banks figure that they'll gain from any losses that the banks experienced. We think that this conflict has really kept the MBA from uh, going after this issue.
4: Okay, so some of the movement of MSRs from banks to non-banks is probably in anticipation of Basel III?
7: No, we absolutely agree. Uh, our bank clients are expressly reviewing their, their MSR investments versus their capital, uh, clearly putting limits on MSR growth. Uh, most of our guys are, are you know below the 10%, uh, but you know, continue to monitor that on a, a going forward basis. We know of other banks that are actually shrinking their portfolios to fit within the 10% limit uh, and then adjust their risk-based capital calculations.
3: Well, hi, guys. Thanks for being on the show. So this is really interesting and, and, and complicated, and it sounds like it's not going to be great for the banks. So with this 250% risk weighting, it would seem that most banks wouldn't want MSRs.
6: Well, uh, it's not so simple. Uh, most MSRs come with demand deposits, uh, which servicers hold for taxes and insurance and unremitted principal and interest payments. You can't just look at the MSR investment in isolation versus capital.
3: Well, okay. It sounds like it's getting more complicated, so why don't you elaborate?
6: (laughs) Well, yes. Uh, For instance, uh, a Texas mortgage that has an MSR value at 100 basis points is also likely to come with the P&I and T&I demand deposits averaging around 100 basis points if you will recall earlier i said that uh, cash and treasury investments have a zero risk weighting if that's the case then the average weighting of the msr and the related cash is more like 125 percent not 250
7: percent
3: oh i see i see the one offsets the other but still that seems high
7: no, Andy, it is, but but it's still a gross uh, oversimplification. Uh, you have to look at the incremental capital required. If a bank is already well capitalized, then they may only need a small fraction of a percentage to maintain their capital ratio and their return on equity or return on capital, which still may be exceptionally high, because you start w- out with a return on assets uh, at nine to eleven percent. So this is a, a pretty high uh, yielding asset for banks to own.
2: Yeah, you know, guys, this is my brain's starting to hurt on all of this. It, it it this is complicated stuff, isn't it?
6: Well, yeah, it really is, uh, and there's only a few people that uh, really fully understand it.
2: You know, why do you? You know, how do you deal with it? I mean, how do you stay on top <laughs> of all this?
6: Well, uh, you know, we build a. A financial model uh, to start with the bank's current balance sheet, add or deduct some MSRs and related deposits, and calculate the return on equity on the MSRs using an incremental equity required to meet their particular uh, capitalization requirement.
2: You know, I've I've seen this model, and it is probably one of the best I've seen in the industry. And so, how can people buy that?
6: Uh, it's not ready for prime time, uh, it's uh, as a standalone product, and we're not in the software business, but we'd be glad to work with banks uh, to help them calculate the true intrinsic ROE on their existing MSRs or planned additional MSRs. So are you guys seeing any trends with this?
7: You know, it's, it's a little too early for that, Joe, but, but we think one closely held bank also plans to go well behind, beyond the 10% Basel limit. Uh, as we talked about before, MSRs come with a, a very high return on equity. Um, so uh, many of their alternative investments, uh, you know, fall far short of what they can earn on servicing. But everyone needs to understand that 10% is not an absolute limit, but it's where MSRs stop counting toward capital
5: and and I know you guys work with uh hedging of servicing and and I wonder is that a prerequisite or can banks that uh are not hedgers call you about this?
7: Uh, we'd love to talk to anybody about it. I mean this is it's a topic that's number one not going to go away. We we don't think it's good for the industry. Um, you know and frankly this is uh this is something we need to get uh your participants and and your listeners involved in um you know regardless this is uh you know, this is not a good thing for the for the mortgage banking industry.
5: Well, it sure seems uh, it seems important to know more about this and how you can maximize your returns and and see what you can invest in and what you cannot. But uh, th- tell us what else is going on in the MSR markets.
6: Uh, we've heard a lot lately about some Jenny uh, May servicing sale offers offerings uh, not actually trading.
4: So, can you tell us a little bit about that?
6: Well, uh, it's like the seller is hoping to receive a you know a, a multiple of 3.6 times uh, their uh, service fee, and they're only receiving a 3.1 multiple uh, to just pull some numbers out of the air.
4: So that doesn't sound like a, a big difference.
6: <laughs> Not using <For> a lot. <laughs> any specific <laughs> transaction, but if you assume a, a $4 billion portfolio, at an average servicing fee of 32 basis points, which is typical for GMA uh, production, uh, you're talking about something around $6 million. Wow,
3: $6 million. Okay, so a million here and a million there, and, and now we're talking real money. So what, what's, what's causing this?
7: You know, we think the main culprit uh, started off with uh, FHA uh, 50 basis point MIP reduction, um it, it really was in, in effect earlier this year. Uh prepay speeds surged and, and suddenly an FHA loan that was originated prior to this change uh was fifty basis points in the money. You know, even if rates didn't change, uh you know, it's a good old stroke of the pen risk uh that, that no one can hedge, but uh it certainly had started the uh the reduction in, in Ginny Mae prices.
3: Wow. So so on this example with a $4 billion FHA portfolio, with this stroke of the pen, you lose $6 million overnight?
7: Andy, that's right. Uh, other names uh, for this are, are political risk and podium risk. It's not like FHA has an excess of guarantee fee of reserves either. Uh, some things are purely political, and you can't guess what might happen next or when.
3: Okay, well, still once... Once this change went into effect, and all the holders of the Fannie Mae, they, I'm sorry, all the FHA MSRs, these GMA securities, would have to right? they have to adjust their books accordingly.
6: Well, uh, that's the problem. Uh, not all did. Most public companies uh, were quick to recognize the sea change, but other companies are slower to recognize these kinds of changes. Buyers are always quicker than sellers to recognize new risk.
2: When you look at this, first of all, I want to encourage our listeners to email me uh, or text me your questions. You can text them to me, it's the quickest way to get them, and it's 512 632 2900. Again, 512 632 2900, or email me at david at tms advisors.com. I'll get your questions on the air. Uh, you got a lot of fans out here listening to you. Um, uh, Terry Wakefield says to say hi to you guys. He's one of the guys that <laughs> hey, comes that Yeah, so he's listed in. So we got listeners literally all over the country. But so, how long will it take for uh, to work its way through the system? These 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 issues we were talking about.
6: We think that after the financials for the current calendar year are issued, then we'll see uh, convergence in, in most cases. Anyway.
2: Could some of the owners holding out uh you know, for higher prices uh be proven right?
7: David, of course they can and, and actually uh the market move that we've seen uh over the last month, uh, which continues today as as Joe Farr talked about, uh really could lift values. You know, some portfolios in some states may just prove to be slower to prepay. Uh, but there, but that can also be a function of how actively the portfolio is mined for new business. Uh, buyers and evaluators do loan level valuations that consider these variables by state and and even more refined than that.
2: Uh, won't an MSR holder always want to mine its portfolio for refinances? That would seem logical.
6: Well in, in general, uh if you lower the interest rate it lowers the MSR owner's risk of the de- of default. Uh but the streamlined refi pro- uh, program makes it almost a no cost option for the borrower, yet the mortgage company still has some cost. Uh so they may not actively mine their, their own portfolio. And yeah, I'm gonna
2: circle back to each one of the the participants here on this, Andy and, and uh, Alice and Joe, in that order here in just a minute. But we got an email that came in right away uh, from, obviously, an independent mortgage. Yeah, I recognize this number. It's one of my clients. Uh, it's an independent mortgage uh, banking company who is holding a fairly substantial portfolio. And he says, now that rates are going up, MSR values should be going up. Is this the time to be selling as an independent mortgage banker or holding? Hold them or fold them, gentlemen?
7: You know, each each mortgage company has its own cash needs. Um, clearly, there's more value. As, uh, you know, as Ginny Mays put aside, but there's more water under the boat. Um, so you have more equity, if you will, if you have uh, a fair value uh, accounting system. If you're at low com, uh, then you, there's no way for you to get, to garner that value without a sale. So, you know, is is this the end of the increase in rates? Um, probably not. Uh, my view is that, you know, the the markets have front-run the Fed. Uh, we're up at least 25 basis points, and so the whole yield curve could shift with uh, a Fed increase of 25 basis points. But that's something we'd love to talk to them about. Um, you know, what are the cash needs? Uh, what is... You know there are lots of questions that you have to answer with respect to is now the time to sell, uh, but we'd have be happy to talk to them about that. And we're not servicing brokers, so we can be independent.
2: Yeah, that's they, a big part of it. And that mob, that financial model is outstanding. I, yes, go ahead.
6: Yeah, I, I just wanted to add that, uh, particularly for the closely held sub S uh, mortgage companies that hold MSRs. Uh if they do have a, a sale, uh if they've held the MSRs for over a year, then we can look at breaking the proceeds down between capital gains and ordinary income. Uh and that's can be quite an advantageous uh uh analysis. Uh we did a few of those last year and got about ninety percent of the proceeds as uh capital gains. So uh, we're not prepared to go in depth uh, about that, but uh, for those yeah. private guys out there with sub-S's, it's basically converting ordinary income into capital gains.
2: I'm going to shift the mic over to Andy here for a minute as I'm getting some emails and some um, some text messages in. Looks like i got some community bankers texting. Let me digest these. So, Andy, let me toss the mic to you, and then we'll go Alice and Joe. Go ahead, Andy. All
3: right. Thanks, guys. Uh, I'm going to not well, first off, the point Dave just made about converting uh, ordinary income to capital gains is a really, really important point. You guys need to listeners should circle back to talk to them about what Dave Stevens just said. And um, circling back to the the points we've made on the show today, the the whole impact on capital for, from Basel III on banks, community banks in particular, is a, a little bit beyond the scope of this program, so I'm gonna I'm gonna skip that. But the Genie May servicing prepayment speed. Acceleration as a result of the m i p reduction and the potential bottom line impacts on m s r holders today who own g m a servicing is where I wanted to circle back to and so with this m i p reduction it's better for customers because they're up front their their m i p s cheaper but they've already they're already in the deal they've already paid the fee and so it's sounding like it's kind of the the question is is it really going to get churned is this is this kind of um kind of uh stroke of the pin prepayment risk really going to be realized do you think customers are really going to get it and refinance
7: you know andy i really do think so it's it's really not just the reduction in mip but also the fha streamline refi program mm-hmm. which essentially uh there's you know no cash when you go to the to the to the closing table so it's really, you know, it's a double punch uh, to FHA portfolios.
3: So then, if you're if you're a holder of MSRs, then you really should. I mean, this is kind of, kind of comes back to the very last point about if you're not churning, you should be.
7: Well, I wouldn't say churning. I would say I would say uh,
3: uh,
7: aggressively marketing your portfolio for uh, the kinds of opportunities that. Uh, your uh, servicers or your services will have, and whether it's you know if if you don't do it, someone else probably will.
2: Let's shoot over to Alice. Alice, any questions for David and?
4: Alice? Yeah, yeah, I do. Great, great conversation. I love this. It really kind of keeps all your brain cells working on the best level of mortgage kind <laughs> of why we're all <laughs> so here. True. Um, so, I, you know, if I'm a company right now that's looking at building my portfolio, maybe I'm looking at not just being on the selling side but on the buying side, do you have a, you know, what do you favor more, conventional, government? Um, if I'm looking at, you know, or maybe even trying to target some of my origination to build my portfolio, where do you see the advantages in either of those two groups?
6: Well, uh, If you're a strong originator, then we always encourage retaining the origination that your cash flow will allow. So uh, for banks, there's capital advantages. That complicated model I was talking about earlier gets, it's a different model for PMSRs than for OMSRs. Basically Mm -hmm. PMSRs Expend cash, OMSRs generate cash, uh, and it has an impact on on the capital calculation. So, the for the bankers, uh, accumulate first, but if you still want more, then consider buying. For the non-banks, it, it, it's uh, it's unusual. There's some big companies that have accumulated PMSRs or purchase mortgage servicing rights like Stonegate and and some others. But for the closely held companies, we see them retaining origination, focusing first on Fannie and Freddie, actual, actual, so they don't have advanced exposure. And as they build their capital, think about Jenny Mae. But Jenny Mae uh, comes with the additional requirement to uh, fund delinquent uh, payments. You actually have to make uh, an advance yeah. uh, if if anybody's delinquent.
2: So, Joe, we're getting running out of time here. I want to give you some time and yeah. room for you to get a question in. Go ahead.
6: I want to go back to
5: Basel and its effect on the overall market. We saw or seeing banks become less aggressive at buying, but we've seen uh, non-banks become more aggressive. Has it been a net good or bad for Prices of uh, mortgage servicing rights?
7: You know, I, I'm not sure there's good or bad. I, I think at the end of the day, you know, the market decides what to pay for these kinds of assets. Um, you know, I think if you, if it depends on where you sit. If you're sitting at the agencies, you'd prefer to have bank uh, balance sheets to support uh, that investment. Um, but frankly, you know, as we see time and time again, at least today, non banks, uh, as we said before, REITs and hedge funds and even some, you know, the Blackstones and Black Rocks of this world are getting into the mortgage banking business. So, you know, I think prices are where they are. Uh, you know, yields are between 9 and 11%, which, you know, is a pretty – that's pre-tax unlevered. Uh, that's still a pretty high-yielding asset with the 10-year with the at 230. Yeah.
2: I've got one question from one of our listeners. We've got to make this real quick, We just three minutes before we have to close this out. But it's a credit union, interestingly, and saying we have had a strategy of starting to initiate a strategy of retaining servicing rights. Is this what's applicable to banks applicable also to us?
6: Uh, There's one wrinkle uh, is if you would like to hedge the volatility of owning the asset, The credit union regulator in the past has uh, not allowed you to use the derivatives that you might use to to do the hedge. Uh, I heard some rumbles in the last year or so that that is up for some change. Uh, But until you can actually hold derivatives on a credit union balance sheet, uh, then you have to look at that volatility and can your equity stand it.
7: But David, does Basel three uh, apply to credit unions also?
6: No, no, not Basel III. That's what I was
7: trying to get to. Yeah, Basel three. Okay. I
6: did
2: not think was applicable to them. That's, that's what I was trying to get to. Yes, good, 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 good point. Thanks. Uh, let's. We're looking at the clock. We're, two, you know, it's two minutes before the, the top of the hour. So let's get everyone your contact information. What's the best way for people to reach you, Austin? Uh,
7: the best way. Obviously, you and David? I call. mean,
2: by both of you. Uh,
7: yep. So I'll give you both our phone numbers: three zero three. Two six eight, eight four zero two 8402 is my direct line and 303 268 8409 is David's direct line. Uh, you and can visit us website. on our website too. Yeah, website is uh, is uh, ucm-inc.com.
2: Folks, we have had with us Austin Tillman and David Stevens. Not the David Stevens from the NBA. This is the PH David Stevens. (laughs) We always make that correction. They're so good to have him here with us. We appreciate you being here and being a part of our listening audience. Tell others about it next week. We will be back. We have Bill Dallas joining us. Where he is, He's probably the most consummate entrepreneur within the industry. He started, I can't believe how many companies started. He'll be our guest coming back or uh, with us next week, so be sure to tune in. It's good to have you with us. Folks, have a blessed week, and look forward to having you back here next week. Special thank you out to Alice, Andy, Joe, Austin, David, Sam, the whole group that brings makes this all possible. Thank you so much, everybody. Again, have a great week.
1: This has been Lickin' on Lending.